I am Consciously Curious, a podcast for those that are searching for a career or cultivating meaning within their own space. We've had anesthesia providers to barbers, dog behaviors to airline pilots, white collar to blue collar, entrepreneurs to passion projects. Life's too short to not produce meaningful work. Join me, Victor Chan, as we deep dive within various industries. I'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to leave a comment. I hope you find some value within these conversations, but more importantly, I hope it sparks a meaning within your own space. In this episode, we learn a little more about the life of a line cook, but our next guest had a yearning for so much more. He's worked for a handful of fine dining restaurants, but he's quickly getting notoriety in the private dining space, offering experiences with and without cannabis. On top of all that, he finds the time to provide a meal prepping service. You can find him on Instagram as Chefy Dahmer. He's actually leaving for LA soon to see how far he can take the private dining experience. We wish him well in his next phase. Please enjoy my conversation with Tyler Nixon. Yeah. Thank you for having who, me. Who these days you can find him curating private dinners with and without THC and CBD. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So thanks for coming. coming yeah, through. no, thank you for having me, man. I, I love the podcast. So it's thank you. Thank anything you. anything local like this in Chicago is, is I'm, I'm all for it. Man. Yeah. It's, yeah. In, in addition, you can also find him hosting the, the Fried Hard series, which I am I admire. Awesome. Completely. I'm glad you like it, man. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of, uh, of great feedback good. ever since we started doing that. Well deserved. Uh, yeah. Which is good because I, I really enjoy doing it. And uh, You and the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, and, me and Dog Food Media, big shout out to him. He's incredible. So Okay. So can you please take me back to, I feel like this was a family thing. Right, right, wishbone, right? Oh, so yeah, you grew up You grew up in this Yeah, in this I was crawling on the floors for sure. Yeah, it was, I've, uh, yeah. The wishbone's been around longer than I've been alive. Okay. So yeah, that's definitely been the case, 100%. Um, yeah, so I was always obviously very drawn to the to the restaurant world, yeah. you know. Uh, it's always been, you know, that, you know, it's the only thing I ever, I ever really saw around, you know, my dad working in the restaurant every day. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he was able to provide a great life for his family off of a restaurant. So, you know, even realizing that as a young child, I, you know, probably focused more on thinking about wishbone than I did my studies. You know what I'm Interesting. saying? So I was, yeah, I spent, you know, my younger years, you know, working here. And, and he didn't try forcing anything on you? No, no. I like give him crap. You know, he always apologizes to me too. He's like, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, like in a joking way. Right, but, right, right. Uh, you know, that, in, <laughs> that now I'm like full force running at, uh, you know, this industry essentially but um yeah no yeah no he never forced it on me but I was always just very drawn to it you know I think it was yeah I every time I ever got like suspended from school or like got in trouble at school I would always like have to work at wishbone and it never really felt like a punishment so I guess like really young like that kind of clicked with me I was like oh I don't mind really shredding brisket in the back uh, rather than uh you know being in school today so it was you know I had that kind of realization kind of young and what was it or if it was a couple things that that drew you to this industry and aside from you know family being a part of it um what part of the job like appealed to you uh you know i guess i guess i kind of just did it like naturally for so long until i was like um old enough to like see past like what i was currently doing and like how it could transform into something else you know um it turned in from like you know me like literally just having to work here when i was in trouble to like um you know me staging at like serious restaurants down the street you know at a young age 
Um, but I don't think I ever like was really drawn to like the line cook lifestyle or whatever until like I read Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen mm, Confidential, yeah. which was like, that was pretty big for me right. when I read that. And I was like, I don't know how I was probably like 17 or, you know, when I read that book and just like the way he described line cooks and like, you know, just his experience, like first being a line cook and how it was just like, you know, pretty, uh, you know, interesting characters like throwing pans and like, you know, big calloused hands and like, yeah. you know, just, uh, going out every night and like, you know, coming back to work the next, you know, like okay. I was very drawn to like this kind of like more, I guess, party lifestyle of yeah. like being a line cook Sure, that you still see like in a lot of, a lot of places it's a little more dead, but, um, yeah, I guess I was, I was drawn to like probably an element of the line cook culture that isn't probably the best element of the line cook culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, so that's, that's what drew it to me, honestly, was like kitchen confidential and working at wishbone. And, was there any formal training or was it just working? Uh, no, I mean, I never went to school for it or anything, but like I learned everything basic here, you know, yeah. I learned how to make like soups and stocks and stuff, uh, you know, here at Wishbone. And then, you know, I, I went to a, a f more French restaurants. I was at 16, which is like a two Michelin star, like French brigade style kind of system. Mm -hmm. um, Italian restaurants, uh, Cote de Volpe up on Southport, oh, wow. uh, the Duck Inn in Bridgeport. I yeah, I, I saw that. That yeah. place, I mad love for the Duck Inn. Oh, it's a dope. great restaurant. Dope, dope. What's what's the appeal of staging for a Michelin star restaurant, and and do you go in with an expectation of when you're about to leave, or what what's the what's the mindset going into those places? I guess a lot of I'd say a majority of the people going into those stages are m m probably trying to find a job <laughs> at that place, you know, okay. like at the end of it, hoping that they get hired, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know the the staging thing. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, hold on. Hmm. I'm um, thinking about that. Uh, can you say it one more time? <laughs> this time? Yeah, what's, what was the mindset that, that people usually go with into a Michelin star restaurant? I, it's just to learn, I guess, just essentially. Learn, yeah, okay. I guess, yeah, because you you're a line cook at one restaurant, man. You're just, it's the same thing every day. It's very tedious. It's like, that's the one thing I never liked about kitchens is that it's a lot like school. It's like you mm. got to show up at the same time every day in the same, yeah. same place, right. you know, mess with the same stuff with the same people, you know, and it's, right. so that's kind of hard. Uh, you know, if you're not kind of built to work like that. Um, so it's good to like go out and get a, a stage at another restaurant, see how it, how another environment is. It's a good way for like cooks to find another job, you know, if they're in a situation that maybe is like not making them happy at their current job. Yeah. You know, so sometimes I guess it could be looked at as like a, a stepping stone. Yeah. Or like a reaching your hand out kind of thing. Sure. Like maybe this might work or, you know, and so before you were about to do that, did you feel unfulfilled or unchallenged when you were trying to make that jump? Never felt unchallenged. I always tried to like work at places that like challenged me for sure. But, you know, there's always an element. It's like once you've, you know, done six months, like you learn a lot. Yeah. And that's six months at that place. And it's like come to a situation where you're like, well, I could go learn something somewhere else. And, uh, you know, that's a problem now. Like I, I like to be, you know, it's ideal to be like loyal to these restaurants. Right. When you're a line right. cook. And it's like really, you know, that's like a big problem in Chicago is that a lot of line cooks will just like come work for six months and then they'll leave and like it's just like this burn and turn of staff all the time like just hiring and firing or like you know yeah losing or just leaving yeah, yeah yeah it's like you know it's a huge thing in chicago now so um it's hard you know like i know a lot of like more old school guys will be like oh well these cooks nowadays they don't stick around you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying but it's mm -hmm. like it's 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 up to a lot of these older guys out here to like create better cultures in their kitchens for you know these younger guys to stick around it do you feel like six months 
is enough or do you feel like people no i would definitely wouldn't say like six months is enough time to spend in a kitchen to like okay. really absorb everything from that kitchen but it's like it's up to like what your mission is at that restaurant like are you here to be a sous chef here do you want to be like the chef de cuisine like in two years like you know like it's about building your placement in that kitchen and it's like i don't know it's it's weird it's it's the same like if you were working anywhere. It's like you don't want to like invest all of your time and like opportunity and your hours. Because you're not you're usually not into being an, paid into right? a company, you know, that like for a stage, no. No, right? Okay. No, you're not. You know, and some of these stages are like three days, you know, it's like the three day stage for free. It's like oh, free labor. Oh my. Like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean then again, it's like there's no sympathy to it because it's like you're signing up for it, you know. But right, it's like right. uh yeah, no, I'm all for staging. I think staging's great. But and is that something that you would kind of name drop as you take go to the next place? Like, hey, I stage for such and such, or at I guess I think it's kind of like a like a amateur thing to do, or like to right, like, or like it's just kind of you know I don't know. I don't think if you like, yeah, nobody really cares. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's more for like your internal thing. Like, no one really cares if you spent like a day at Alinea. To be honest with you, like, okay, it doesn't really okay. make you look any better or any less. Okay. Except for the fact that yeah, you know that you're taking time to like hone your craft. I guess. Yeah. You know, which is. I think all line cooks should definitely stage. Like, yeah. If you're if you're a line cook in a restaurant, and you got a day off or another day off. Go, oh, dope! Yeah. Go check out another uh, joint. You know. Now, how how easy if someone were to try to? Is it as easy as like emailing them or sliding in their DMs? Like, yeah, how it's easy? that easy. One hundred percent. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah, I would say it's much. Yeah, I don't know many chefs that would turn away like free a home. guy that'll peel carrots for they, half. But you like, know what I'm saying? Like, they, any, you're like, not going to be doing great work. <laughs> okay. You know, it's not like you're going to be. But I'm sure someone can fuck up peeling. On, you know, you know, right. Like, of course. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You get some funky stages for sure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, um, yeah, no, stop. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's <laughs> staging's weird. It's, it's a weird culture behind that whole thing. Um, and with the, with the prices of some of these Michelin star places, does it, is it does it line up does it all match like is it worth that much in your eyes like i I've, i have never yeah, been to it yeah i mean i i would say it's worth it i you know it's it's hard because it's like it's not very unattainable thing i don't you know not a lot of line kicks are able to go eat at a linear or smith you know what i'm saying so right. it's like that's definitely hard and i know a lot of line cooks out here spend a lot of their money like eating out and like you know trying to go experience different uh, dining experiences like all around the city but but don't uh, you i mean by being an insider don't you have a, like an inside look at all that like yeah no 100 percent. i just yeah i think it's worth it 100 percent. when you look into like the labor and the amount of time like time and the amount of people that are spending like you know 70 60 plus hours a week like creating these dishes i think that sometimes it is a little absurd <laughs> the price and the whole experience of it um you know, especially me, I come from Wishbone, you know, like I, you know, I'm not like, in, I'm not necessarily, yeah, I'm not really necessarily into like tweezers and, you know, 12 course dinners with like carrot foam and, you know, like, and all right. that. I'm, you know, I, I like doing that. That's obviously where there's like a lot of money and like doing private dinners and a lot of people want that like inside of their home. Yeah. But, um, not a lot of those restaurants last that are doing expensive ticketed, uh, sales, course out dinners. They just don't last in Chicago. Hmm. I just not that I've seen a lot of them close. Um, it's it's hard. It's not very easy. And so, how many years did you spend in a, as a formal cook or chef? How, like yeah, five, five and a half years. years okay. I spent like just being a line cook, like uh, you know, at different restaurants. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just I wanted to uh, yeah, I spent five and a half years probably about doing cooking at those different restaurants. What were some of the favorite times that you had? Probably like really like my first job at uh, the Duck Inn in Chicago. That was like 
that was like the best possible experience I could have ever had uh, being like a like a young cook, I'd say, because it was just like such a small, tight knit yeah. kitchen. It was a very, very small kitchen. And uh, so you got to like I got to learn how to work like with very minimal like space and like movement, right. you know, which right. made me a better line cook. And then uh, just like the crew that I was with, it was like an opening crew. Mm. Uh, so it was just like, you know, just like a lot of camaraderie in that kitchen. And it was Is that just, a place where someone would stage at? Yeah, we got stages all the time. Okay. Yeah, uh, it just yeah. felt like well, when you just described, it, it's like tight knit and less. I guess less turnover. Yeah, right? I'm, you know, and it's like you know, people are always trying to stage at the places that are like hot. You know what I'm saying? So like, obviously, that first year of the Duck Inn, like we were, you know, in like GQ Restaurant mm-hmm. of the Year, and like, uh, you know, we got lots of accolades uh, at that restaurant the first year. So it was a lot of people wanted to come stage. Okay, sure, you know, so it's then the other side of the coin. It's like what, what did what was a turnoff? Uh, I guess just seeing the compensation for the amount of work. Ooh. I guess that's like my biggest thing. Like, and that's a hard thing to say too, because it's like you know, it's a restaurant. The margins are small. You know, it's not like it's super easy to go and like pay all your line cooks twenty dollars an hour and like okay. provide like a living wage essentially. Yeah. But um, and, it, and I was broke. I guess you know, I was just like you know, I'd, I'd spend fifty plus hours a week working at a restaurant and I was broke, you know, just after rent and, um, you know, everything that it took to, you know, stay alive. Uh, I just didn't have much money. So wow, that was always a hard thing for. And so what, what are cooks these days? What do you, what are they doing? Are they holding multiple jobs? Like what, what do they do? Do they drive Uber? Like what, just to make ends meet, what do you, yeah, what's, I mean, what's like, the average Joe doing or Joe or Jill doing? It's hard, dude. I mean, it's, I'd say a lot of these cooks that I see, they're young and they've got um, maybe situations. I wouldn't say this for all cooks, but I've run into a lot of cooks who, you know, the cooks have changed completely. You know, now it came from like a thing where like guys from like, you know, would do this when they didn't have many options or like, you know, there wasn't like a thing that like people that were very affluent would come in right. and uh decide to be a chef you know what i'm saying right. it's like not something that was like all right well that's what you're gonna you know but um so i guess now i'd say that there's like a little bit more like maybe money behind some of these line, okay. line younger line cooks but that may be a biased perception of just like what i've seen um yeah. you know not to say that there aren't line cooks out there like you know struggling every uh week just like you know For guys sure. that i know but um yeah, no, it's just it's it's not a very livable wage to being a line cook. It's hard. Uh, I did the pop up dinners, and that you know ended up being a better source for me. Like the minute I started working for myself, my money kind of just started to be a little bit, um, you know, my money, my income started to grow. I guess a little bit more. I had more money in my pocket once I started like really diving yeah, into like it, building myself as like whether it's like I do meal prep services every week. Right. I'm right. doing private dinners in people's houses you know, uh, selling tickets through Instagram for like a seated, seated dinner in an apartment. Right. Um, anything like that. So, so at, at what point, um, did you feel like you were ready to branch out? Like as far as level of mastery and maybe you were fed up with what you were being paid? Like, yeah. So, I mean, I got a job at 16, which was inside of the Trump hotel, okay. uh, years ago. Uh, and that was like a great, that was like, you know, if you get a hotel gig, that's like also like a Michelin star restaurant, it pays great. You know, you're getting paid like more than $20 an hour. It's like, it's great. It's like the best situation for a line cook. Essentially. Okay. It's like getting like a high paying hotel gig. Awesome. Um, I didn't know that. that yeah. Okay. So yeah. Hotels always pay more. Okay. You know, like it's, it's kind of frowned upon a lot of like independent restaurants. If I go, 
hotel guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like right. there's like that like thing. Yeah. But Shout out Zeph. So he's a high, yeah, he's a hotel. Group, yeah, yeah, but no, I, you know, I've, I've, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out Zeph. Um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely a different world. But um, you know, I was at a restaurant inside of a hotel. So yeah, it was like yeah. it was a little bit different, but it still paid the same hotel rate. Okay. You know? So, but when that closed, I was like, "Fuck!" You know, like, uh, "What the heck am I gonna do?" Okay. I was like, "I mean, they're gonna go find like another small, like, fancy restaurant that like I'd appreciate learning in, or um, like some other." you know, restaurant that I'm not going to learn that much in, but like will pay me a lot. Yeah. So it's like, you really got to like compromise on these different levels. And it's like, it's like, all right, I'm either going to like take a lot less money to like work at a really nice place or I'm going to like work at a pub and make like 18, $17 right. an hour. You know what I'm saying? And just right. like be the main guy there, you know? So it's like, you got to like conflict with yourself. Like what the heck is best for me? Right. But I'm broke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, you know, it forces you into these situations me. where it's like, yeah, this might not be the best thing for your career, but you're broke. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's a weird element. So you took the leap then. Like what was, yeah. you didn't, I mean, you didn't do everything at once. Right. So like, did you no. do, what did you do prep first or, or pop-ups first, private dinners first? What'd you go uh, with? The pop-up first. Pop-up. Like started, yeah, we, uh, me and a, another line cook that was at 16 when 16 closed, we were like, let's buy a bunch of plates and wine glasses and just like, you know, pay a venue $500 and like, let us do a, a seated dinner and we'll sell the tickets through talk. Um, is talk still around? Talk is still around. Okay. Talk is booming now. Talk okay. is like way bigger than it, than it was when I was on it. Now. now they take a cut though, I'm guessing. Right? Yeah, they do take a cut. Back then I think it was, they took a percentage of every sale, but now I think that it's just a monthly cost Oh, uh, to be on talk. Okay. Pretty so sure. it pays to hustle then, pays to have more pop-ups then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. I mean, but I mean, it's just more fun too. It's like, you know, it gets locked away in the kitchen and then that was like my first time ever like cooking food and then like people coming up to me after cooking food and being like oh hi nice to meet you you know what i'm saying like having that like interpersonal connection right yeah rather than just like being screamed at by some guy in the back and then like you know uh like never even knowing what's going on out in the front type of thing but um so yeah that was like my first connection with that and then i was like oh i really like i just feel better you know what i'm saying i just feel better doing this uh so yeah it's harder but it's you know you feel better for sure. Interesting. Um, are you still associated with that uh, the guy that started the? No, the he moved over to North Carolina. He was originally from from North Carolina. Oh, so when okay, he moved okay. back home, we kind of sold everything off, and um, I kind of just started doing different things. Uh, I took like different industry jobs doing that, and then I would just um, I was actually working as like a server for a little bit there and doing ticketed dinners. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I filled the gaps, and then. I met a guy, Manny Mendoza, mm. uh, who runs Herbal Notes. Yeah. A mutual friend introduced us just because they knew that I was doing pop-ups, and then they knew I smoked a lot of weed, and they were like, okay. here's this guy. He's doing pop-ups that are uh, like marijuana-focused. And, wow. Back in what year was this? Oh, man. This, 20, this was like a year, a year ago, 2018. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. this was like yeah, early last year, um, around this time last year. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I, I DM'd him, and I was like, yo, man, like I really love your stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out we had talked like through our Instagram pages before, oh, wow. uh, but like okay. just not on our personal accounts. Okay. Um, so yeah, then we like linked up, I like, helped him out with the dinner at Empor- uh, Emporium in Logan Square. Dope. Okay. Was that the one with like you in the truck? Um, you, no, that picture? was Lyrical okay. Lemonade Summer Smash, oh, which was okay, okay. Uh, really cool. Uh, okay. That was also with Manny though. Oh, I was okay. like, yeah, it was. So yeah, then I started doing a lot with him and he's a phenomenal uh, chef and okay. he's like dude all around. 
Um, I had no idea he lived above La Luna. I, I live yeah, down the block. Uh, yeah, so. he does live above La Luna. He probably doesn't want us talking about that. No, it's I'm on just, the yeah. all over YouTube. I know, I know. It is all over YouTube. I know he wasn't too happy about that either. But no, it's, Sorry. Uh, okay. No, he's good. He's good. <laughs> he's good. Um, but, uh, yeah. So let's let's focus on, on pop-ups right now. Um, which venues and how do you go about uh, booking venues and, and things like that? How do you know which venues are open for business? So that was in very interesting, like learning curve for me too. Cause it was like, all right, well I can cook, but like, can I really like, you know, pitch uh, people to like, let me use their space, you yeah, know? So that was yeah. like uh, a big thing. I like found peer space, like, uh, Oh, okay. And I like just started DMing or like messaging everybody on peer space that had like a place that I wanted. Um, and just saying like, Hey, like I'll give you two free tickets, uh, to a pop-up. Nice. Dinner, uh, if you let me use your space, like rather than paying like this ridiculous hourly wage or right, whatever. Right. And you'd be surprised like the amount of people that are like, uh, you know, into that or like experience. People, yeah. There are people like, Oh, fuck it. You know, whatever. Come on in. Yeah. You know, me and my wife will have dinner. Right, it's whatever. Right, right. But, um, so I did a couple that were like that, you know, some of those ended up costing some money, but then I knew a woman, Hillary, who lived above wishbone in some of those units, which were beautiful units. Okay. And, uh, she was like, you know, if you ever want to do one in, in my apartment, wow. uh, like you're more than welcome. And, um, I was like, yeah, that'd be amazing. I like gave her a, a two free tickets to do it in her house. Um, and then the guy that she ended up bringing was this gentleman who owns industrial arts house in. I saw a couple pictures of those. Yeah, right? yeah. man, this place is insanely mm. beautiful. It's like an old uh, candy is that factory. Bridgeport or Pilsen? No, it's up in um, like Avondale, kind of oh, like never deep okay, Logan okay. Square, oh, okay, kind okay. of out west on Belmont. Okay. Um, but beautiful space. Like yeah, I saw Commercial yeah. kitchen. It was just like, and he was like, he loved the dinner. He's like, we had like this, we were serving this giant boar leg and he was just like gnawing on this giant like boar leg. He's like, you guys should come do this at my house. And I was like, oh really? Like what's your house look like? And uh, he like showed me pictures and I was like, oh yes, please. Like, you know, I would love to. And uh, I ended up doing like them all there. I was like, uh, and he's just like the greatest dude. And he just like, let me do it. Every, you know, he and his uh, girlfriend would get to eat. And uh, oh, but so it. it's it's still open to like people to buy tickets. Right. Yeah. Okay. It was still, this is, at this point this it was still open to buy tickets. Tenants. Yeah. This was still okay. open to buy tickets uh, or I was selling tickets. It was open to the public, which also is, you know, weird cause it's like one big top table. So it's like, you're that, taking but a bunch it's communal. of, it's super communal. That's it's very like, cool. you know, and you could feel it too. It's like some dinners were a little bit more quiet than others, you know? And it's like, so that was always an interesting element. So. Now, I mean, are you are you striving for that communal vibe or? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, that was just like what was. You're not forcing it. Yeah, that was just like what was easiest. And I felt like it would be weird to like if you're only serving 15 people to break them up into like little two tops or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No. But you're you're kind of the glue of everything, right? So if, right. if you, if everyone was that close and you were having a conversation with this person right here, you know, obviously someone next to him is going to overhear. Yeah. But then like, you know, because people are shy to talk to each other but if right. you're the glue then like then everything kind of just organically uh, yeah, I, happens yeah, after I agree. That. yeah so, it was so, cool. so is there would you put a limit on the number of guests you can host i guess or yeah would it be to the space or because you you want that certain vibe like it's yeah no i would say it i would definitely wanted that certain vibe i wanted it to right, be very right. like intimate and small and i didn't want it to be like this overly stressful thing for me also you know what i'm saying so um yeah, and it's just it's hard to do that if you're working out of venues and you gotta like, you know, you're transporting like three thousand different pieces of like equipment, uh, yeah. you know, just like yeah. from here to the restaurant to the venue, and right? Cleaning it there and bringing it back, like you just don't want to make it too much for yourself. So, I definitely tried to keep it at like fifteen people, uh, which is like you know when you think about like an eight course dinner that's like fifteen 
times eight, whatever the heck that is. Wow. You know, that's like the amount of plates you got. And then, oh my, you know, silverware for every course and uh, cups and cooking material, the ingredients. And it's like you've got boxes of stuff yeah. and you're like, okay, I got to get this all over there, you know? So it's like, I didn't want to do any more than 15 for sure. I was. Um, and so how do you go about assembling a team to help you with this? Uh, that's, you know, that's definitely... I'd say it was very easy, actually. I, I never really had trouble uh, finding people to help out. I guess I might be have been lucky with that, but you know, I feel like, like this is uh, you're even you're I'm, you're paying them, but like this is like they're like I was not. I mean, we weren't paying a lot of people in the pop up. Interesting. So yeah, no, not oh, necessarily. Okay. Not that we didn't want to. It's just the margins were not there, and like people just really so actually just wanted to like kind of stodging it. Yeah, people really wanted to just like genuinely help out. So oh. that was uh, uh, definitely a big plus. Is we had a lot of people that just wanted to show up and, and do it. Cause it's like, a, it's a, it's a definitely a refreshing break from like being in a kitchen, you know, yeah. like going and doing like a pop-up like that. It's like, wow, why is my job not like this every day? You know, it's like, it's just completely different. Interesting. Um, and when you added, um, when did you have the, the idea, I guess you've been associated with Manny, but like, when did you, were you doing Herbal Notes at the same time as, as these? No, so that kind of had come to an end when my partner had moved to California, uh, I'm sorry, North, North Carolina. Oh, okay, okay. And um, I was like getting ready to reboot myself mm. into the system and I met Manny and I started kind of doing the dinners with him. Yeah. Um, then I started this meal prep service, which like led me to like kind of uh, like acquiring like kind of, I guess, like a clientele list of sure. like kind of higher end, more like you know, people with money to spend like, oh, yeah, yeah. on like I'm locally grown, uh, you know, locally sourced like wow. meal prep, essentially. Um, which, you know, then people started wanting, uh, you know, they'd see on my Instagram story like that I was doing one of the weed dinners mm -hmm. and then they would just like want a regular dinner in their house, you know, for like five or six of their friends. And um, I just really started marketing that aspect of it, whether it was like paying for Instagram ads of like mm. pictures of me in like plating dishes in like a yeah. uh, like a kitchen inside someone's home or um just like you know finding ways to like really market that is like i'll bring uh, a michelin star meal into your house and like clean up and get the heck out of there wow in two hours you know like um but like the pop-up really like taught me how to like do that like how to like really be super organized and like right. have everything ready at the door and at the venue and clean up and get the heck out of there and that's what people that are possible. helping out learning as well yeah heck okay. yeah yeah Interesting. And it's, yeah there's definitely a learning curve there because like the first couple you're gonna do it's gonna be like all right this took four hours you know it's like yeah, this how, is how like, do we increase it how do we yeah like how okay. do we make this efficient and like a, a speedy system because like the last thing you want is like the word of mouth to be like oh well, it was like really nice but, but he uh, took his he dropped but it, yeah he was cleaning <laughs> for like an hour and a half you know what i'm saying it was like we were trying to go to bed and he was like still in our house, you know? So it's like, that's what you're trying to avoid completely. Um, how do you curate the, the menu, the eight courses? How do you curate that? Is it's it a, super is, do, seasonal? Do you obviously. consult with them or seasonal? And then, yeah, or is it all on you or do you? Well, I mean, obviously nowadays it's like, there's always going to be like a pescatarian and like a vegan, mm. or, you know, something like that uh, at every table. So you always have to work around that. It's about like getting that information ASAP, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, before the night of obviously, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's taken a lot from, like, I have, a, like, a lot of cookbooks. Mm. I do, like, uh, even though I'm a horrible reader, I don't, like, I mostly am, like, more of a visual guy. Mm -hmm. I guess, like, within those five and a half years, like, not that I've, like, mastered cooking, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, that I know everything about cooking. But, uh, like, you definitely learn a good amount of technique 
in, in five and a half years of like, if you're really trying to work at like serious restaurants. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just like took those techniques into like visual learning. So I like, you know, I look at cookbooks mostly for the pictures, mm -hmm. which may be like, you know, <laughs> well, kind of childish. Taste, you can't taste it through the books. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Exactly. But like, you know, uh, like, I guess that was always like my biggest doubt of being a chef for me was like that I was like, I'm not an artist, you know, like I'm not like never been like a really creative Really? Okay. Uh, like mind like that. Like I never really thrived in an art class or like painting or like, I feel like a lot of chefs maybe have like not necessarily like a skill in that area, but like, I think and it definitely I helps. For, yeah. yeah. You know, like, so I guess I never was like that. So I always had like a doubt in myself about that, but, um, you know, you, you learn that, you know, plating's not really actually that hard and, um, and all that. But yeah. So like I look at books and stuff for like, you know, the visualness of it and, uh, take inspiration from like that rather than like you know reading cookbooks but okay you know a lot of dishes that i've cooked uh in other restaurants you know i'll retwist them or you know um yeah it's you know it depends mm -hmm. depends on the you know the time of year that it is and um who it's for and you know it's like i really try to tailor it definitely to the clientele yeah. of like the private dinner you know so right right I do try to ask certain questions. Like, I'll ask like, what your favorite restaurant is in Chicago or just something very simple. Yeah, just like get a, like, a okay. weird realm just of a like, baseline. Yeah, just like a baseline of like, all right, so, you know, Maple and Ash is your favorite steakhouse, you know, like rather right. than RPM or, you know, Gibson's or, you know, so it's like it puts you into a different threshold. Oh, like, okay. All right. Yeah, gotcha. you know, you gotcha. can kind of like base it off of that. Um, and then with the THC and CBD, like how it just adds a very, it, it can be complicated element to it. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with people that aren't used to the yeah. substance, right? Yeah, definitely. And I'm not really that big. Like everyone, whenever they hear about these things, um, I'll do special dinners that I'll sell tickets for that are THC or marijuana infused dinners, cannabis dinners. But um, a majority of my stuff is not always cannabis infused. Mm -hmm. But the ones that I do, I don't really try to put it into the food as much. Yeah. Um, I, I will maybe like one course or something, but like very light. It's more about actually smoking mm -hmm. weed for me. Uh, I smoke a lot of weed, but uh, I just feel like it's a much, it's a much better pairing. You know, it's like yeah. if I told you the glass of wine that you were drinking wouldn't even you wouldn't feel it for an hour and a half. You'd yeah, be like All right, well, I don't really know where I'm going to be in and out. You know, <laughs> like it's like I don't really want to drink this anymore. Right, right. So I, like that's my problem with like edibles. Right, is me like, too. It's yeah. like okay, well, <laughs> I eat it now, but you know what happens later. You know, type of situation. So. And it just creates a weird thing, especially if like people are drinking, or, you know, and it's like you're coming down from a drunk and then all of a sudden you get hit with this yes. head high and you're like, right. holy crap. Well, like, what, what I love the hell did I do tonight? Like that that article is that safe room. Yeah. So that's I, a big thing. I love you know? that. Yeah. I just recently started doing that just because it, it made, you know, you you see how it can and then transpire. Making sure that it doesn't, you know, you have two two windows open so it doesn't hot yeah, box, box fans stuff. going yeah, yeah right. you want like circular you know it's the same yeah it's like you, know, you go to a casino where everyone's smoking they've got like the best ventilation system like <laughs> on the market so it's just like creating like a, a space where people are comfortable you know yeah it, even if they don't necessarily smoke weed it's like right people are smoking weed next to you and you don't want someone to feel uncomfortable if they brought like the dj the dj is always very manny taught me that 100 okay. percent. no <laughs> doubt um and I definitely then, came into it like doing my version of pop-ups where which were maybe a little bit more like uh a little bit yeah like I really what I really loved about Manny's is that Manny's just, just he just would pop up and do it and like he didn't worry about it being like some sort of like lavish thing which like I definitely worried about okay in the beginning just because like you know when you're charging people like $200 a person like you're like I really want this to feel like 
you know like more of an experience yeah and like i learned from manny's like man dude hire a dj you know and like just make it a great experience like and and it was so right and at first i looked at it and i was like well that seems like a silly thing to spend money on but yeah um it made so much sense and so even after the dj um without numbers like how is the profit margin then i mean it's it's that's up to you like that's that's the skill of the chef you know that's the skill of the guy behind the operation is how you're able to keep your costs you know what i'm saying it's okay about what you're buying and interesting where you're sourcing it from and you know whether you're taking the time to like you know source it properly or if you're like in the last couple of days like you know running to whole foods and spending top dollar on every you know so it's that's that's where like the finesse of it kind of comes into okay. a place and like you know making the most of it uh with the less of it you know <laughs> and and so with um i mean anything else you want to add to the to the pop-ups or the private private dinners is is this like the direction that you feel chefs or and cooks should be going if they want to make a name for themselves i wouldn't necessarily say i mean obviously the traditional way i've gone a very non-traditional way of like trying to make a name for myself i guess as a chef i guess the the traditional way is always going to work you Just know what i'm saying you'd through a you restaurant. gotta fight your way to it you know it's okay. like you really gotta claw your way through but um yeah i would say it's a good I, I think all chefs should be learning how to like market themselves properly and like um you know a pop-up is like the perfect way to like learn how to run an establishment even like so like when you are actually looking at those numbers of like all right well this is cost this per pound you know and you're actually like making menus based off of like how it's going to put money in your pocket you know yeah. so it's like you're learning a completely different angle of what uh you're trained to do right and then right. really once you start doing that you're like well what the hell was why I am i doing over there <laughs> in a kitchen you know when it's like you know they're not teaching me the importance it's like the same thing how i always felt about school it was like all right, well, I still don't know how to do my fucking taxes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't know how to do any of the, the shit that I have to do every day, but, like, I've never used, you know, meteor- meteorology. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never used that once. Like, so it's like, um, yeah, I felt that way a little bit about kitchens, and then I was, like, a little angry. I was like, well, no, you know, I, all these chefs, like, they never taught me how to do, you know, menu pricing and, and all wow, this stuff. Okay, and, okay. Uh, and then these chefs will tell you, they're like, oh, yeah, don't go to culinary school. That's for idiots, you know, like uh learn it here and it's like but they're not willing to teach you any of that shit here so it's like interesting um and you don't blame them because it's like they've got you know now a, a and, wife and at home or someone a kid and they're working 70 hours a week but and, you're you're coming from like was your how did your dad play in all this like how come my dad was good at that yeah uh for sure like he was definitely a good person to come talk to and like you know i always i was very lucky to have wishbone because like i've got like pricing lists here right, you know right. that my dad has like from different purveyors and stuff like that uh and he was always a great ear to bounce off of everything you know but we have kind of different viewpoints on uh like some of that stuff you know and um so yeah so like he was definitely a great ear for all of that but i definitely try to do it more on my own mm. just mostly um I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess I just kind of turned that. I don't even think I was thinking anything. I think I just kind of turned, took that learning curve kind of head on without um, thinking really. Yeah. So that was very, that was definitely different. Although it's not hard to like go out there and like get pricing lists from purveyors and like see what things cost per pound. And, um, you know, it's definitely something that I think cooks should like inquire more about with whatever they're doing in whatever restaurant they're in is Hmm. to just ask to look at those or. So do you feel like it'd be stepping out of bounds if line cooks would ask, like, why? Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Yeah, that's definitely, like, probably against that culture a lot. You know, wow. so I'm not that, like, cooks don't do that, obviously. You know, I was definitely a pestery cook. Uh, 
asking a lot of questions and stuff. Right. But I mean, you want to know why you're doing certain things and it's like, but they want you to shut up and just do it because it's the way it's always They want to show you once and never show you again. You oh, know that's what I'm not like, right. Yeah. Like ideally, I guess that's like, you know, how I always felt is like, you know, just show me once, you know, and like, uh, I'll, I'll get it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's weird, you know, like you're kind of in charge of your own station when you're a cook, you know, like you're in charge of your section, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, and nothing's really up to your creative mind either. So it's like you're executing somebody else's mission statement, someone mm-hmm. else's menu and someone else's, you know, establishment, but you know, and it's, it's hard. And like, yeah, also I came from, you know, a place where like, you know, at Wishbone, like dishwashers still get two week paid vacations here you know like and i'd worked two years at a restaurant and and there was no <laughs> oh. paid vacation you know what i'm saying there was no paid vacation or you know stuff like that so i'm like looking i'm like how was my dad lasting <laughs> you know 30 years running a restaurant and he's giving dishwashers two-week paid vacations and stuff what did um and we've got guys here that have worked here 30 years 25 years in the kitchen have been on the line 23 22 and, and years and here's the question though are they happy I would say, I mean, you know, they've they've been able to provide a life for themselves. You know, we pay a living wage, uh, you know, and we give paid time off. And, um, you know, I guess there's a lot of incentive uh, in keeping people, you yeah. know, and it can also be a bad thing also, you know, depending on how you, you know, control your situation. But, yeah. uh, you know, but yeah, you know, keeping yeah, loyal guys, man, is the best, especially right, if you're right. running an operation like Wishbone. You got to have somebody here at like four or five in the morning. You know, you want that guy to be happy. Are, are they unionized? No, absolutely Interesting. not. No, yeah, definitely okay. not unionized. No. Interesting. Um, before your dad, if you, I'm sure you know, like before he opened Wishbone, did he, was he in every role around the restaurant industry? You know, my dad actually, uh, he had a pretty unconventional way about it too. I mean, like my dad's very first like f- food thing was like he had a hot dog stand on a beach, you know, like Whoa. in like uh, North Carolina. Okay. So super weird. He was like, you know, young. He was like probably like early twenty, like you know, uh, like running a little That's hot cool. dog joint on the beach. You know what I'm saying? Like doing his own ordering, like you know, like selling hot, you know, selling things. And um, so yeah, I think he kind of had that like experience a little early too uh which was like you know running your own little operation thing but, but did he did he have you know roles like serving and hosting and and busing and dishwashing like just to understand i don't think so i don't think he did much front of house stuff honestly i've done some front of house stuff. i don't think he did much front of house stuff i know my dad like started at like a little soul food shack you know hmm. where he was like literally exchanging labor for room and board oh uh at oh. like 17 um so he was doing that and i think he still keeps in touch with some some of those people which is really crazy but um uh yeah so he started doing that where he was like literally just peeling shrimp you know for like eight hours and then like you know having a bed and um you know i I guess we talked about this off camera but like why is it so hard for a chef to make it um as a restaurateur i guess it's like a maybe it's like a confidence thing or something like that i guess it's just it's hard when you just work in restaurants and um i don't know it's 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 or is there so much more than you know meets the eye like so much there's definitely more than meets the eye i mean it's like you get turned off to a lot of this stuff you know i don't think a lot of line cooks are line cooks and then end up being chefs you know i don't think think they switch i know a lot of guys that have switched that have been like i was a line cook with you you know two three years ago and now you're 
working at Yelp, you know, or something, you know, like it's, you know, there's not a lot of people stick to it. Like a lot of people go into it thinking it's going to be some sort of like Netflix chef's table series type of thing. And it's completely not. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's not that at all. And uh, they get turned off quickly. And I feel bad for the people that like go to school for it and like never actually work in a restaurant and then like get out of school and they're like, they're like I hate this. Like, this is awful. This is, yeah, this is not know, what I thought it was going to be. One of my good buddies went to Kendall and probably lasted six months because he got sick of being told that he didn't chop carrots like to the center. And that's not even what it's about. Like, right? That's not even like what being like, I, I'll tell you that right now. Like I, that's not what being a chef's about. It's okay. like, obviously knife skills and like technical things are super important, but like, Big picture. Yeah, big picture stuff. Like, no, like, you could have, like, the most technical guy in the world. And his restaurant will fail. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't have, like, good social skills, if you're not, like, a, a like a, a leader, like, you've got to be able to, like, exhibit different uh, types of, you know, hmm. characters in, within yourself other than, like, being, like, this guy that, you know, can dice the perfect carrot yeah. or something like that. Like, that's yeah. not what makes, like, the head guy in the kitchen, the head guy in the kitchen, you know? Okay. There might be a line cook who can dice an onion better right. than a goddamn chef right. in that kitchen, but definitely can't lead the brigade <laughs> right, right. As, as well as he can, you know? Um, and so what part of the world would you f- do you feel drawn most to, like French cuisine, Italian cuisine, American um, cuisine? I, I'd say it was like French and Southeast Asian, I guess. So those are like my, the two that I like have the most like books on. Oh, like, okay read about or like you know want to go to like i'd love to go to vietnam or oh, like, you know southeast asia yeah um i even smoke like vietnamese cigarettes too. So like, it's really like, yeah i really like them like i don't like know a, like stronger or something they are a lot stronger oh, yeah they are but uh <laughs> yeah i don't know so I, yeah southeast asia for sure like even the my the first pop-up dinner that me and my partner did it was called it was called yang it was like a vietnamese it was like uh, yeah, a southeast asian okay. kind of style pop-up dinner okay which was funny because it was like two like midwestern white boys like you know like <laughs> cooking like uh like soba rigatoni yeah, know, yeah like, yeah, like yeah. weird ass uh like concoctions and stuff yeah but, uh yeah so but i really enjoyed that i thought it was awesome because it was just you know it, it may have looked silly but you know for us it was like completely new ground you know we do were you like, <laughs> do you hit up argyle a lot uh, yeah we, we would hit up argyle every before every one of this is dinners, this is the fall weather bro yeah i know yeah <laughs> it is 100 percent. yeah no so um i love argyle argyle is amazing um ty dang's doing really well yeah at, at, yeah. in pilsen and in Tai. Yeah, i love uh i i love that <laughs> restaurant too hi sue is amazing i go to um i won't try to say the uh, cafe's name next door oh cafe uh cafe uh, da or cafe da yeah, yeah i think that is cafe da yeah, yeah. um the co- the coffee slushy. I haven't been there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't oh, been man. there, but I've been I to love Hisu, their yeah. uh, their sandwich. Yeah, they they kill it. The banh mi sandwiches there, the pork one is so good. <laughs> yeah, I love Tai Dang. He's a great guy too. And this is old place right here, actually. What, what like, is like oh, That was his first. Was like, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. now Belmore. So yeah, he's like a West Loop guy too. He's oh interesting. He's earned his stripes in this neighborhood. I sure. I've heard. Um, okay, well, um, going into what made you want to get into prep then. Meal prepping, uh, I love it. I and I, yeah, I don't. I, I really enjoy the meal prepping. I wish I, wish I could. <laughs> my, we'll talk my, about it. We'll yeah, talk about one it. of my friends does. Uh, hello, is that High Fresh? Hello Fresh or Hello Fresh or whatever? That yeah. one, it, it seems awesome. I, I, yeah, I've had some of those meals. Like it's actually not bad. I'm yeah, sure. no, I'm sure. I haven't. I haven't checked them out. Um, I know a lot of yeah, my guys are coming from like services like that a little bit. You know, but mine is um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I don't know how really I got it. It's so weird. I think I just like started meal prepping. 
uh, a girl I liked. Okay. Or something like that. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, and uh, it, that turned into like, you know, this spiral thing of like me uh, um, meal prepping people. <laughs> like word just, of mouth. Word of mouth traveled fast Fucking on the meal crazy. prep thing. Yeah, it, it, that kind of boomed off. And uh, yeah, so, you know. It, it's different. I run, you know, homie prices and stuff for people right, all right, the time. Right. So, yeah, we, we'll talk about that later. But. And so is this a weekly thing or like? Every week, yeah. I, Dude, I, you are hustling. Yeah, yeah. Oh so every God. week, every Wednesday, I drop off like 20 to 30 meals all around the city uh, or like 20, 30 like packages. Like, you know. And this I is spend, a week's worth? Uh, or 10 meals. So however the heck you want to do that. 10 meals and there's a five meal option also. But um, Interesting. Yeah, no, I spend, yeah. All night on oh. Tuesday night, I'm here till like four or five in the morning oh. doing all that. And then Wednesday, I just, you know, it's not that bad. It's like two or three days of like a lot of work. And yeah. then Wednesday, yeah. I drop everything off, which is like and you the worst chill. of the yeah. work because like I'll drive to Wicker Park like five different times. You know, I'll drive downtown like eight different times yeah. uh, on just like Wednesday. So it's like from nine to nine o'clock at night, like 12 hours of just like. It- we talked about scheduling earlier. I'm like, that is like, well, when can I drop it off? Like, it's right. All like, it is. It's, oh uh, it's like, oh, uh, you know, I thought I'd be home by now, but you know, I'm actually going to be home. So like it turns out, can you actually bring it to part. my office right now? And I'm like, oh my god, like, <laughs> I'm like, double parked on Wacker Drive. Like, god dang it, you know? Like, so yeah, very much so. Like the most frustrating thing in my life, hands down, right now, is dropping off meal preps on Wednesdays. In fact, like everybody in my life knows to like not even call me on wednesday or like talk to me on wednesday just because like i'm yeah coordinating right, yeah because right, right. i haven't really figured out a system for it yet and you're like do you are you one man one man show right now uh i got a guy named nathan he nathan, helps okay. me out uh yeah he's a good kid he uh and he helps me out with any private dinner that i've got going on or whether it's like meal prep okay. till three in the morning okay or, i got that one one Go solid to. yeah you got there yeah um and at what point do you feel like you're you're going to be ready to scale uh i'm ready man i'm I'm ready to scale hands down yeah i'm talking to people all the time now too i did it uh yeah i've done i got a couple dinners lined up in los angeles that i gotta go to early february is this gonna be your first time no i did one Uh, i was just i was out there i did a dinner with like uh this altered plates uh which is like a thc kind of dinner thing that's out in la and i got to do it at like uh inside patricia arquette's home and stuff who's that is an actress uh, yeah, she's like she's pretty cool. She's okay. like like true romance and like all oh. these like really classic like movies or whatever. Uh, but I'm like in her house, like you know, like smoking weed, and I was like, you know, uh. I, I I think I'd like to do this in in LA a little bit. So uh, I'm definitely moving to LA in in the coming oh, uh, okay. coming month you. or two. Yeah, um, in the mo- coming month. coming month or two. Yeah. So I yeah I yeah. So a buddy of mine also is gonna be moving out there, and um, I'm gonna be going out there in a little bit. Dude. Yeah. So yeah, I'm this just is big. trying. Yeah, do the whole private chef thing. Yeah, out there. And so, Seems but do you, do you think it's gonna be um, a little different? Because do you think people you're popping here because you're Chicago? Like, yeah, you're, I, right. You know, it's, it's hard like, for me. It's like a really big thing too. Uh, you know, and like I plan on coming back. Like you know, sp- like trying to split my time six months and six months or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely. I was never been a big fan of Los Angeles or like. Right. Uh, Anything like that, but um, I think it's just like going to be a smart move for like maybe a year or two. But like Chicago is my, home. you know, this is where I'm definitely uh, stationed. Anything that I ever want to do is going to be. It's oh, I'm just like awareness. Like, are people are you popping right now, right here, be, because you know you're in Chicago? Like, people know you. Like, word of yeah. mouth. Like, oh, he's in Chicago. And yeah, like, no, I think yeah, Chicago and like 
going recreational right now has like been very great for my brand like 100 percent. like that's been you know the chicago tribune definitely that didn't want to talk to me before uh recreate you know what i'm saying so um was that right after right before i was like like right right when it was was like during they like did the interview like and then they like released it um like afterwards so interesting yeah so then yeah so um but yeah i don't know the LA. LA is weird, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to just do that for maybe like a year. Um, try to like build up like doing a lot of like more celebrity type of um, interesting. Yeah. stuff like that. I feel that. like you're more of a San Diego dude. I, you know, say I love San Diego. <laughs> I really do love San Diego. Yeah, I know. I love San Diego. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as um, meal prepping goes, like how do you, Is I mean, I'm sure that it, it helps to your benefit to have um, a full kitchen here. A yeah. full kitchen yeah. and like uh do you get discounted rates on sourcing and things like that yeah i mean well i like so yeah once again i'm very lucky i've got you know yeah. i'm able to go to restaurant depot right um, right you know for stuff like that but um i have a lot of like connections with uh farms i get a lot of the proteins and stuff oh, through nice. um farms this is uh, like good locally. stuff too, yeah right? yeah essentially yeah. so i get those i kind of have a system where i call it in and it's shipped here in like three days um mm-hmm. But it's just like, you know, being on that and making sure it's here by the time that meal prep has to be cooked and everything. But cool, man. Damn. I'm a fan. Yeah, it's meal prep you, is fun, man. man. I, I, I do enjoy the meal prep. It's fun. People, what, what people else, really like it, too. So. What else are you working on besides the pop-ups and the, the meal prep? Um, other than that, you know, I've been really on a lot of social media stuff recently. I've been you, really, you hang with, I don't, I've, yeah, I, I've, yeah, I wasn't aware I've, of Kush Poppy. Yeah, and so yeah Kush Poppy, like, yeah. He's one of those like he's just like an Instagram right? comedian <laughs> what a, type of. He just makes goofy content. Does, does he have a day for, job? No, no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. It's 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 it would baffle you how much money some of these uh, social media guys are making uh, from their platforms. It's and it's so wild. T- tell tell me this: Are they worried about Instagram ending? I don't think so. I, I don't. I you definitely don't get that vibe. Um, at all like there was like that little period there where they were like we're getting rid of likes i don't know if you remember that at all i do remember that and uh i don't know what happened to that (laughs) i know that it actually i know like australia doesn't have likes i know like a lot of countries there's like seven or eight countries not only that but like you know the algorithm doesn't work in your favor right right oh i've learned a lot about that yeah so yeah the algorithm changes too like with everybody that like depending on who you hang out with like there's like you know people with like millions of followers that like have a completely different algorithm in their heads than people that have like 20 to 50 then uh, yeah. you know yeah so th- yeah that whole algorithm thing it's like it's like this weird word that people use or something like that but it it does make sense and there are like certain things that you do learn you know like yeah you never use more than six hashtags and stuff like that and uh you know like these weird little rules that like you don't get flagged as spam if you do this and like and so um, here we are trying to escape working for the man. Yeah, and we're, and we're fucking- like tiptoeing around these like social media um, things. Yeah, no, but it's, you know, yeah. So that's been a weird thing. And that's like, you know, yeah, Kush and all those guys, they've given me a good platform to like. Uh, how, how did that first meet? How did you get your homies before, uh, like way back in the day? Or No, uh, I got hired to do food for like all of the artists and like rappers and stuff for lyrical lemonade oh, which okay, is like okay. a lyrical lemonade if you don't know them definitely look them up they're like just like the coolest definitely one of like the coolest organization running in chicago right now they're okay like a, just like a group of young 20 year olds that are like putting out like the most top notch i feel like it's the underground so far no oh no, it's, it's not okay, okay, no okay, they okay. do like music videos for like you know like future and you oh, know Wiz oh, khalifa and like yeah they do like cardi b music videos and like um 
but they also sell a lemonade, uh, which is amazing. So it's like they call it a lemonade. They also have like a lemonade and they, um, oh. their merch is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and stuff like that. So they're like a clothing company, like a, a beverage company, like a music video production company. Okay. And, um, yeah, they operate out of Chicago and they're awesome for Chicago. Interesting. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I was hired to do their, they have a music festival every year, uh, in Douglas Park. Dope. Um, it's like two days. It's like, 60,000 people or whatever, but and like really big name. I'm surprised artists. I haven't heard of it. Yeah, That's it's like called right, Summer right Smash. Right yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I got to do that. And uh, so I was like surrounded by all these like really big celebrities. And uh, I had, I was selling uh, THC infused lemonade. Oh. Uh, and Kush is like whole thing is like juice. He's like a juice, you know, he's always flipping juice and like doing it's stuff a, like that. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> And he's also like smokes weed because his name's like, so he was like, oh, I love, he was like, I need one right, of these. You know, right, it's like, right, right. Uh, so we, we got to be kind of friends. That's cool. Through that, yeah. Okay. Um, any, any last remarks for someone who's climbing the ladder in the kitchen, you know, aspiring chef? Other than to really value your time and mm. like what you do and like, don't just look at yourself as like a cog in the machine mm. and to like really understand that you're a very vital piece in that element and that, um, and just to really value your time because, you know, when you really look at the amount of hours that you spend um, working at that restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, you could you could be doing a lot to like market and brand yourself and, uh, you know, save up money and buy plates and, and do whatever you can just to get your name out there. You got to do something other than like fuck over the line cook next to you to like look better than the line cook next to you. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So just to like help in that culture a little bit. You know, and that's it's a good thing. I think more like kitchens, if like one line cook in that kitchen was doing a pop up and like asked some of the other kitchen members to help, to, like, help out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's awesome. Like, that's like if I was running a kitchen and like my cooks like had a pop up that they were doing like outside of work, I'm like, this is amazing. This is yeah. like, exactly what I'm striving. You know, right, like right. these kids are, you know, right. doing, you know, so I think, you know, and a lot of guys that are in charge of their kitchens to maybe push that a little bit more or, you know, to yeah push these kids to you know maybe learn a different element of the business other than show that that's one reason cook, another thing clean, i wanted jason come on he's very passionate about the he knows someone that was struggling with uh, mental health and like oh, just I mean, being, everybody just you being, meet in the, just in the being like, like violent in, yeah. in the kitchen yeah um, so that that's another episode yeah no but, and that's 100 percent. yeah and yeah. I, I i worked for a chef who uh ended up being a very violent guy and uh, it came out very publicly that he was a violent guy and um, it hurt my resume a lot, which I thought was like really a, a crappy thing. But, you know, it's like I go around and give this guy's on my resume and I spent, you know, time working for him. So it's like a lot of the, a lot of these guys, too. It's like, you know, don't it's hard to take a job and like end up the guy's an asshole and like no one wants to hire you because you work for an asshole. And it's like, well, I, I didn't. It's not your know, fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. But that happens to a lot of people. You know? It's interesting. Like interpersonal politics in the, in the kitchen world so and then end, you end up just making a name for yourself yeah, you just gotta well, go out no. on your own try we'll get there we will get there alright cheers bro um, thank you guys for, for tuning in um, I'll see you guys in the next episode stay curious Abba Aloha.